Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Elise. Host of Crackin' One Open with Mike and Elise. A podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every Friday, we choose a new craft beer from a different brewery and talk about... The history of the beer. What's in it. How it was made. The history of the brewery. Along with tasting notes and more fun facts. After that, come chill with us as we bring you the latest in pop culture news and reviews. So check out Crackin' One Open, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hey, it's Andrew Morgan, host of the Nomcast, the Netflix original movie podcast. Each week, we review the biggest Netflix original movies with special guests from the film industry, the music industry, comedians, and of course, our fellow podcasters. Check us out on the web at nomcastpod.com. Follow us on the socials at nomcastpod. And most importantly, listen and subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts. Hit that beat one time. Welcome to another episode of Two Player Bros. I'm Mike, and once again, I am by myself. I couldn't get Dave on. I'm so sorry, everyone who was expecting our Game of the Year episode, but that's going to have to be pushed till I can get this guy in a room with me to record for an hour. Uh, it's not as easy as you might think. <laughs> uh, so I thought in lieu of us doing our Game of the Year awards, uh, I would just talk about the Game Awards, the announcements that I thought were worthy uh are worthy to talk about i think or i'm excited about and then go over a little bit of my first impressions of the xbox series x which finally arrived today uh, i am still on the twitch on the twitter uh looking to see how or where or when i can get the playstation 5 digital uh it's looking kind of like it might be waiting for a january thing for me at this point but i'm gonna keep trying so I just got the Series X today while I'm recording this. I had done other podcasts and audiobook stuff, so I haven't gotten a chance to really have much hands-on, but I have played a couple of rounds of Warzone. I popped down No Man's Sky just to see the graphic updates, Fortnite, and just the general UI and desktop and the speed of the system. So I'm just going to go over a little bit of that, and that should be all she wrote. So first up, the Game Awards. The first thing we got was an announcement from Devolver, which was very much like their E3 announcements where they have uh, <laughs> their fake corporate executive come out and she has this big announcement. In this case, it was the Devolver Awards. And the only person that won an award was the game they were announcing, Loop Hero, which looks like a cool little throwback, a retro game. I enjoyed the Devolver announcement, as I always do, and I'm sure Loop Hero will be really great, just like all the other Devolver things. It's really interesting to see with all these enhancements and graphics and ray tracing, there's still such a market for retro Nintendo Sega Genesis type games out there and the amount of work and skill and the amount of complexity that are in these games. So I'm kind of excited for Loop Hero. I want to see what they've got going on. I know Disc Room should be out soon, which was the Devolver game that uh, Dave was talking about playing when we did our PAX episode that he really liked. So hopefully we can check that out soon, the final version of that. Next up is something I'm sure a lot of people were excited for uh, that we'll talk about is, is just Sephiroth coming to Super Smash Brothers. Uh, I do like that Cloud has an enemy to fight against in the game and that he's a playstation character 
So I like that the all this crossover kind of things are that he used to be just a PlayStation character. However, I'm getting I've already been sick of all the anime characters kind of coming to Smash Brothers. That's not what Smash Brothers is to me. Smash Brothers is a love of all things video games and kooky. And it's it's the ability to see all these different like what or you don't belong here kind of characters. But when every character becomes an anime character, it's almost like that's now the game. I'm excited for Sephiroth. He looks really cool. But I'm kind of hoping if they do any more characters for Smash Brothers Ultimate, make them other types of video game characters because there is so, so many anime type characters that it's it's kind of um, overtaking the game's roster. Uh, one of the things that came out really early during the pre-show for the game awards, which I actually thought were the was one of the best displays is the new dragon combat game century age of ashes this looks awesome you're just a dude riding a dragon and the dragons are fighting each other i don't know if it's just team deathmatch battle royale trailer didn't show off too much about that i do know that right now at least at the end of the trailer they announced it's only going to be for pc which is fine because my brother shout out to alex has upgraded my pc so i can actually play things pretty well not Super crazy ray tracing graphics well, but pretty damn good. So I'm really excited about this dragon game. I think it looks really cool. The graphics look neat. The concept looked cool. It's kind of, I guess, <laughs> adult combat Spyro, I guess. So I, I'm re I'm pretty excited to give that a whirl and see if that's any good. But I was very interested. Uh, one of the other people I taught, uh, one of my other buddies that I work with, I uh, thought that was the best game of show too that they showed. And it's interesting that they chose to show that at the beginning of the show before the show actually quote unquote started. Although to be honest, it did start a half hour before the show. The next thing that was really cool, I thought was perfect. Dark is coming back. The trailer didn't show much. It didn't really excite me too much. Uh, what I saw, but just the fact that Joanna dark is back and perfect dark is back. Uh, this reimagining thing going on i don't know about that hopefully they stick pretty close to the source material i mean i enjoyed the ridiculousness of the story of the first perfect dark game uh perfect dark zero was okay but i really hope they get back with that kind of a gameplay uh, and and they stick with maybe first person shooter however it's probably going to end up being uh i would be wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being a rebooted tomb raider competitor with very being very cinematic, being third person, being more of an adventure rather than a first person shooter game. Uh, but I mean, Perfect Dark was kind of Rare's answer to having their own GoldenEye that they had pure ownership of. And in that case, in that way, Perfect Dark totally succeeded. It was totally fun. It had interesting weapons and gadgets along with uh, their colorful characters and the GoldenEye formula. So Hopefully whatever formula the initiative has is great and fun. And hopefully it has a multiplayer component that really competes with uh, the fun that at least everyone I've ever spoken to had with Perfect Dark. So I am glad Joanna Dark is back. Xbox, Dave and I has been saying for a long time since we started doing the podcast together, Xbox needs more IPs. I think that's pretty much everybody's thing. If people go for PlayStation, it's almost always because even if you can tell them, that of shadow of the doubt, Xbox Series X is more powerful, which isn't necessarily true in some in some ways. 
you know, Sony fans will always come back with, well, we have all the IPs and they're not wrong. Xbox really has Halo and Gears of War and Gears of War will never hit some of the marks that a lot of the PlayStation IPs and franchises can. Uh, they really have Halo, Forza, which is very popular, and Gears, and they really need to up their game. And I think that we're finally starting to see what their accumulation of all these uh, game studios is finally com coming to fruition. Uh, the initiative finally announcing their thing. Bethesda, obviously anything they do is big, but Bethesda will probably come to multiple systems and Microsoft will make money that way. But having Joanna Dark back is a, is a big thing. Hopefully they'll start to put out things like Banjo-Kazooie uh, a proper Banjo-Kazooie game and other sequels and IPs that they can really take advantage of. I think Xbox really needs that kid character. You know, Nintendo has every kid character under the sun. That's kind of Nintendo's thing. Sonic and Sega are kind of outliers because they just go to every system now since Sega stopped making systems. Sony has Sackboy now and can resurrect any number of different characters they used to have back in the 90s when you know PlayStation first came out all the ones I remember there are tons of different characters you can add in there you know some of them have become like Spyro and Crash mascots that have put on been put on multiple systems but PlayStation also sells Ratchet and Clank and Jack and Dexter uh they can resurrect you know games like Jersey Devil and stuff like that like old school stuff but Xbox really doesn't have anything for kids and Dave will tell me that Blink's the Time Sweeper. You hear that, Dave? If you're listening to this episode, I think I got it right. <laughs> uh, is is a is a kid's character, and sure, bring him back then. Do some stuff, but they really need to take Banjo Kazooie. Uh, they, now that they have they have Rare, take Banjo Kazooie and put him in a game and sell some adventure games for kids, uh, and you know, big giant kids like me and Dave. You know. Mario 3D World was one of the best uh, Nintendo games in years and years and years. It's so good. And I'm very excited that the new one's going to have expanded levels as well when it comes out in March. We're going to play the crap out of that, I'm sure. Anyway, I'm ranting. Perfect Dark, though. I'm excited. Didn't love what I saw from the trailer, but I still love that they're bringing back some IPs finally. Back for Blood was the next thing they showed, and it was the first thing they showed during the main game, and I thought it looked really, really fun. It's basically Left 4 Dead 3, I guess, the spiritual successor. It looks like a whole new franchise, so different kinds of zombies. It looks a little bit more over the top in terms of what the bad guys are, but the graphics look really cool, um, very detailed, but still slightly unrealistic to make it not necessarily scary, but really intense and fun. So I'm very excited for that. The gameplay looked frantic. I do love that four-player cooperative mode. Uh, Left 4 Dead 1 had some awesome, exciting moments and some very scary moments, like when you excited the witch and the witch went after you and stuff like that. There were some great multiplayer moments to be had in Left 4 Dead. And I know it's still got a pretty big fan base, at least Left 4 Dead 2, I believe, where they even got permission from the studio to make their own DLC and the studio put it out as official DLC just uh, this year. So Back for Blood looks really, really fun. Apparently it will release a, on June 22nd, and there's an alpha on December 17th that players can already sign up for. So the game is probably, it seems very well into production. We'll see if that June 22nd date stays with, you know, the co the state of things with COVID and all that, those delays, especially after what happened with Cyberpunk, which maybe I'll go into when I do my Cyberpunk review, but 
I think Back for Blood looks really fun and it's definitely a game to keep an eye on. And I think in terms of the game awards is probably one of the main games for the masses that I think people should be excited for and want to play. You got Callisto Protocol, which I thought the trailer was really cool, but it doesn't really show much, but it's made by the guy who made Dead Space, which I never really got a chance to play the entire thing. I played demos and a little bit here and there. It's on EA Play. I should give it a try. This game looks really, really neat in terms of the look of the monsters and the feel I think they're going for. Oddly enough, apparently it takes place in the PUBG universe, uh, which takes place modern day and is Battle Royale. And this looks like a horror game set in the future. So we'll see how that kind of links up. Maybe they're on a VR thing and this is people being tortured and, and shown weird different situations. And this is just one of them. Who knows? But it does seem really cool. I'd like to see more of what the actual game is like. And that comes out 2022. So I'm sure we'll get more teases along the way. The next thing, maybe not cool, but the next thing I thought that was kind of interesting was the trailer with a caveman or tribal Vin Diesel fighting a T-Rex and saving his daughter from orcs. Uh, and the whole trailer ended up being a, a trailer for Ark 2, which is interesting because a lot of people have some issues with arc one in terms of bugginess and that it released too much DLC before they actually finished the game. So I'm very interested to see what they're going to actually make different in arc two. And I think it's also interesting that they were making arc two probably when they were still finishing arc one and arc one was still in early access. But I mean, I, I tried to play arc on the console on my original Xbox. It didn't obviously did not run well at all. So I stopped playing it. But I always thought the concept was interesting. It just seemed to take a lot of work to really get into. But apparently they're making this whole arc universe with a game coming the game coming out, Arc 2, as well as a TV series, a uh, an animated series in 2022. And it just seems really cool that they're doing all this stuff. And I like that Vin Diesel's involved. You know, he might make just dumb action flicks but I mean, it's dinosaurs versus lasers so it kind of fits uh, in terms of his fast and furious world but he is also responsible for creating starbury studios which helped create the chronicles of riddick escape from butcher bay which if you read my bio on our website is one of my favorite games of all time i think it was amazing it was ahead of its times in terms of graphics in terms of gameplay in terms of story I've probably played through that game two or three times, despite it being a linear, a quick linear first person shooter. I still really enjoy that game. So who knows if he's involved, he knows his gaming. He's, he's a giant nerd as well. So maybe he'll imbue something in arc two that will make it a little bit more accessible to everyone. Fall guys, winter thing was shown. Awesome time. You play fall guys. Check that out. We did an episode on Fall Guys actually for two-player bros. We talked about how much we had fun with it in season one. And we're playing it all the time. I'm really excited to jump into this season three winter theme with penguin suits and snowman suits and presents with boxing gloves in them and snow and fans. And it looks like a really funny, fun time, which Fall Guys always is. It's just a great time and I'm very excited for this new season. Then the game that I was probably most excited about in the Game Awards, <laughs> Jeff Keighley announced that there was a premiere for a, a new game that takes place in a supernatural horror movie that hasn't seen the light of day in a while. 
or something to that effect. And I kept saying to my out loud, I was like, please be evil dead. Please be evil dead. Please be evil dead. And then you get that shot of the demon camera moving through the woods. And I was just, I knew it was going to be evil dead. And then Bruce Campbell started talking and I was so excited for that. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a four player co-op game. Hunting deadites in the cabin. Looks like Ash Kelly from Ash vs. Evil Dead, a knight and a guy that looks like he's trying to be a Sam from Supernatural ripoff. But I'm very excited for that game. I think if done right, it can be awesome. I think that in terms of me, as long as it's playable, I'm going to love it because I am such an Evil Dead fanboy that it won't really matter. Uh, it could be garbage and I'm going to love this game because I could just get to beat Ash with the chainsaw and shotgun, Killing Deadites, which is a game that I've wanted to play for a long time. I know there are other games out, but they haven't come out in a while. Not since the first Xbox has there been a Evil Dead. Uh, that was Evil Dead Regeneration. So it's been a long time. So I'm very excited for this game. It says it's coming in 2021, but they really didn't show a lot of gameplay other than a couple of quick glimpses of, of shooting and chopping up deadites. Then there was another game that they showed from the creator of A Way Out called It Takes Two. And it looks like a really fun game. Uh, it's a, it's a two-player co-op game, much like uh, the studio Hazelight made A Way Out. So same th kind of thing. But it, it looks funny. It's cartoony. And it's about a husband and wife uh, or a about to be married couple or about to be divorced couple. But it's about a couple on the rocks. And they get sucked into this weird fairy tale book puppet world. And they become puppets themselves and they have to try to get out of it. And the book of love is helping them out and trying to talk to them. And it looks really funny, really fun. It looks like it's got a lot of co-op moments where you have to work together or against each other to try to get out of certain situations. And the whole game just looks ridiculous and has a lot of humor within it. So I'm really, really excited for that. A way out. I played, we, me and Dave played maybe two hours of, and it was a fun time, but it wasn't maybe technically the best game so we never really got back into it but i did like the concepts of working together and some of the a lot of the co-op stuff in that game so if you add some humor and some lightness and maybe a little bit more mini game fun to it i think it takes two has the ability to be a really good cult hit and the last thing in the game awards and the last thing that they showed in the game awards if they had shown more, would have excited me more than Evil Dead, but it got me really pumped. It started with a look, you're out in space and you get closer through these galaxies and this music becomes a little bit more and more, I think, technical. And you pass by this debris and I just knew as soon as they passed through the debris, or as soon as they even showed the galaxy, I was like, I hope this is Mass Effect. And they showed the debris and I was like, oh, this is not just Mass Effect. This is the new Mass Effect, not just the legendary edition that's coming out. And sure enough, we get onto this planet and someone picks up a little bit of Commander Shepard's N7 badge and this cloaked figure holding it turns around and it, it looks like it's Liara Tassoni, uh, one of the main love interests in Mass Effect and one of the main characters. And she kind of smiles at the camera. Are we going to get our Commander Shepard back? Because I think that would be awesome. Can we reclone him? I know they already did that in Mass Effect 2, but I'm okay with doing that in Mass Effect 4. 
in terms of our Xboxes. It has our data from our very first save game. Uh, so I'm very excited for that. In terms of any other system, the Legendary Edition is out. I mean, PCs always have that information too. But Legendary Edition will allow you to play through your entire game again and get your Commander Shepard back up to speed. And maybe you can transfer him into Mass Effect 4. We're finally going to see what the galaxy is like. Maybe they'll even have it so that I can understand what happened depending on my choice, depending on some of your choices in the first three Mass Effects might affect how this new one even begins, which I think is really neat. Either way, I'm very excited for it. I know the reception to Andromeda wasn't great. Andromeda did come with its share of problems, both semi-technically, but mostly just sidestepping most of the issues by going to another galaxy and having another character. And I could go, uh, Mass Effect could be its own discussion episode, and we might at some point do that in the future. And it would be such a long rant that I don't want to go on it, but I am very excited for the possibility of this Mass Effect. And if it ends up being called Mass Effect 4, I am all for it. So that kind of sums up the Game Award games. Uh, Evil Dead and Mass Effect were my big, big takeaways from it. But I think the surprise of the show that I thought was really cool was the Dragon game, um, which is only PC for now, but I'm sure will eventually come to consoles to make the most money it can. Very, very excited for that. That's Century Age of Ashes, Evil Dead, and Mass Effect are definitely my biggest ones, but I've definitely got to keep an eye out on Back for Blood. Maybe even sign up for the alpha that's going on. See how much that reminds me of Left for Dead. In terms of the Game Awards, it wasn't a big surprise. Uh, Last of Us won, Last of Us Part 2 won pretty much every award that it was nominated for. Snow Man's Guy took home an award for Best Ongoing Game, which I thought was really, really cool from a game that you know three or four years ago now was totally derided for being overhyped and promised too much and everyone kind of hating on it i enjoyed my time with it but it definitely wasn't what i was hoping it would be but that kind of happens all the time that happens with i mean cyberpunk is broken but i think when cyberpunk came out was about to come out people were thinking it was going to be more than a game and if it works supposedly i'm going to try to play it tonight if I can edit this fast enough. It's a very good game. But it's not life-changing. And, you know, a lot of the comments that people made about No Man's Sky were taken to heart and, you know, they were really worked on. And Hello Games, the creators of No Man's Sky, just kept on working on it, kept on working on it, put in the multiplayer, put in better multiplayer, put in mech suits, put in cars, put in more cars, put in tanks, put in new planet types, put in new creature types, put in new ocean stuff, put in livable ships, (laughs) put in freighters, put in different universes that you could live on and different base types and full base building and space stations and these this virus type monster thing semi-horror game that patch that came out recently as well i mean there's so much to this game now and it really is just them committing to their vision and working on it and improving on it and they deserve this award last was part two a lot of people are going to be probably on the fence about whether or not it deserved all of its awards because a lot of people didn't like the story, uh, including Dave. 
uh, in our episode, he wasn't a big fan. I said I really liked it that, you know, though the ending kind of bothered me, I still thought it was an amazing game. And, you know, things don't always go the way you want them. We're not in control of our stories. The writers are in control of these stories. It is their vision. Uh, we're just along for the ride. Would it be my game of the year? I would say you'd have to watch our game of the year episode to find out. But I will say that a lot of the things that I was going to consider game of the year, I don't think were nominated or maybe a couple of the things I was going to consider nominees in my own head for game of the year uh, weren't even up there. So we'll see where I stand and where Dave stands. Again, I think me and Dave will have the same opinion, but we'll find out. So that's pretty much it for the game awards. No big surprises. Last was part two. I like no man's sky one. A lot of the other announcements and stuff were kind of smaller other than the ones I talked about. The biggest thing this week for me anyway is I got my Xbox Series X finally. I ordered it on Microsoft because I watched the Twitch stream that I mentioned on last week's podcast. Killer Cam 1020's Twitch stream. So I watched that. Alarm went off. Notifying me I had to go to the Microsoft store to try to get an Xbox Series X. I did it. I got it. After a bunch of tries clicking the checkout button. I'm still trying for that PlayStation 5 Digital, still watching that stream, still trying for it. Series X finally came 15 days later, and I had to set it up. I've been busy today. I haven't really gotten too much of a chance to play it, but I will say things boot up fast. Fortnite is moving super smooth. Uh, it is just buttery smooth as the game plays. Once things load up, they load. The viewing distance is awesome. No, no pop in, you know, even on my Xbox One X landing on this new island, you know, you would see snow pop in and out and blocks of land appear and disappear and trees pop up and stuff. In this case, it's all there right from the start. You land, there's more grass, the light hits different and really has these beautiful uh, colors on them during the sunset and sunrise. The shield actually has these animations on it that didn't have on Xbox One X. I imagine if you play on the PC, you've seen them. I can't imagine they've just been added, but maybe they have. And these little squares on the shields, and, and it's just a much more vibrant, alive game. And like I said, the movement just makes it feel next gen in and of itself. It was the same with Call of Duty Warzone. As soon as I booted it up and my character is walking, doing his little um, cautious check down the hallways of the main menu, playing a little bit of the new season, the character just looked crisp and smooth, not jaggy, not blurry, where they're trying to hide the fact that he may maybe has some jaggies on him. He is just a really crisp character, and this game isn't even an optimized for Series X game and it just still looked awesome and played awesome and was so smooth and the controller although not much different for the xbox series x you know i have the the first elite controller but the grip is starting to come off because i think playing it in the heat this summer i've kind of rubbed some of it off but this new controller with the plastic grip it's just kind of got this etching into the back of it and the top of the trigger really feels good it's still the classic Xbox controller, so you know that it feels good, it fits good. And just these little design choices, such as, I think the controller boots up faster, which is nice. I think that's new. Uh, that could just be my imagination, but I'm pretty sure it boots up a lot faster. And it has a share button now right in the middle 
of the controller and between the uh, menu button and the start button, or whatever you call these buttons now. <laughs> uh, and the share button, you press it for a screenshot and you hold it for some video. And I think that's really, really cool because, you know, in Fortnite, you'd have to go into your dashboard and then press X or hold X and press the button. It's really annoying because you no longer have the connect voice commands. Uh, this share button makes it really quick to to just put your stuff up so you can show your buddies the the next the cool kill you did in Fortnite or Call of Duty Warzone or whatever. So I like that option. And it also has a new direction pad similar to the full circle direction pad on the Elite controller. But in this one, it kind of is concave in the middle. So when you're typing, the up, down, left, right buttons are kind of positioned up so your fingers can slide and hit them very nice and smooth and easy and even. And it's just a really nice system. You know, when I'm typing on the keyboard or something on, on the Xbox, I usually use the direction pad. But when I'm selecting things, most of the time, like in YouTube, which I actually have up on the screen right now, scrolling through the menus, I go left and right. And here, I prefer to use the direction pad now because it's just so comfortable and so nice. And I know that it doesn't have any of the cool features that I'm really looking forward to trying with the Dual, uh, DualShock 4, like the haptic feedback, and obviously the touchpad is still there, and the voice control. All that's really neat. <clears throat> Maybe the touchpad and it's, uh, the touchpad's pretty useful when you're typing, but the voice stuff, it's a little gimmicky, but it still works and it's still interactive and immersive and something different. And I do think that that controller feels way better than the old PlayStation 1, 2, and 3 controllers. I do think PlayStation 4 definitely stepped up the game, but I do think there's something about the Xbox controller that is still better. And the awards that the Xbox controller wins for its comfort and more ergonomic. It's won a bunch of ergonomic awards. It really feels good. And there's something to be said about that. If it's not broke, don't fix it. However, I think with the next controller, maybe fix it a little. You know, PlayStation's got that haptic feedback. I think Microsoft really needs to implement that, not only to compete with PlayStation, but I think if Microsoft also had that, more games would offer it. And although I haven't experienced it and don't can't really tell you how it feels, based on everybody trying to describe it to me, and failing, because I think it's something you have to feel for yourself, like VR. It seems like it's going to be something that's really cool that everyone's going to want in all their games going forward. So I think if Microsoft just could implement it into their own controller or something similar, this would be something we would start to see in third-party games as well, or at least more of them. Other than that, and the crisp visuals, I haven't really gotten a chance to play Cyberpunk yet. I just kind of fiddled around the character and then stopped for now. I've noticed the dashboard moves so much quicker. The slide that comes in or the blade menu that comes in when you press the home button, no matter what I'm doing, comes in super quick and snappy. And that's really nice. The menu had been optimized for a while on Xbox One, but never quite all the way. Like it always kind of had a little bit of this kind of slowness to it, which I think now is just completely gone. I will say the Series X is a beast. Uh, I have to set it lying down. I don't have anywhere to put it up vertically where it would look like a cool monolith. <laughs> so it just looks like this fat block next to my Series X or my Xbox One X. But that's cool because it just shows how much, I think, power and maybe even cooling power and, and capacity that this Xbox has. 
you know, I have been transferring games over to the Velocity Architecture SSD, the ones that are optimized for Series X or S. They're the ones that I want to load faster, like Red Dead Redemption or Grand Theft Auto, so I can see how fast the loading is. But so far, from what I've seen load, seems to be working pretty good, but I haven't done any games that require some intense loading. So we'll see about that. Overall, though, I'm super excited for more games to come out that really push that Series X to the limit. I think it's a big thing for both systems is neither one really have a, a system uh, seller, one that like really pushes the systems. But apparently it doesn't matter because both systems are selling out like absolute hotcakes. I think PlayStation's got their Miles Morales, which kind of puts them on an edge because Xbox doesn't really have much other than things that have been upgraded but already had come out. But even PlayStation could really use something that's like the game. But still, it's still cool to see these games all run smooth. There's something to be said about that smoothness and those frames per second that really changes a game almost as much, if not more, than the graphics. I'm sure Dave would agree with me. I know he does in terms of Fortnite. He likes the way Fortnite moves. That's more important to him than the better graphics in Fortnite. And that's all I got really for you guys this week. We broke down some Game Award games. I rambled on for too long. And I talked about my Series X. Seems pretty standard for these episodes lately. Uh, we're getting toward the end of December, so hopefully I'll have a co-host again. If you guys have been sticking with me listening to these solo episodes, God bless you. <laughs> um, I'm not saying I don't enjoy them, but it's it's tough to talk to yourself for, you know, a half hour plus. But hopefully Dave will be back soon enough try to find a day with him to do the game of the year episode so i don't have to do this again uh i know I, we talked about doing the visage episode with alex so that might happen at some point hopefully we'll see i'd have to get with him and tell him to start playing that game but with my new pc i might be able to you know talk talk to him and coordinate another game to talk about in the meanwhile while Dave and I play through Cyberpunk or we do the Game of the Year episode. So stay tuned. More stuff coming. For two-player bros, I'm Mike. Stay safe and keep on gaming. <laughs>